Free stuff is awesome, but free stuff to spice up the bedroom is even better. Whether you're buying a gift for your sugar baby or just for yourself, you can get 50% off at adamandeve.com when you enter the code CANDY at checkout. And that's not all. Adam and Eve will include 10 tantalizing free gifts, a sexy item for him, a special gift for her, and a third item all partners can enjoy. Plus, you'll receive six free spicy movies. But the best part is the free shipping. You can get all of this at adamandeve.com using code CANDY at checkout. That's C-A-N-D-Y. So Shelby, what are you getting me? Hey all you candy sluts and bubble butts, welcome back to another episode of Candy Girl. I'm Emily. I'm Shelby. And I'm Cactus. And today we have Zanea with us. Zanea, do you want to introduce yourself? Hello, I'm Zanea Rose. Nice to meet you all. I have been doing sex work for just over a year now. And I've been having so much fun with it. I have met so many incredible people, including Cactus here on the show. So yeah, I'm just excited to be here and let you all know some things about myself. And yeah. (laughs) We're super excited to have you. Um, I think we're gonna split this show up a little bit um, at the first half, we're going to get to know Zanea Rose and who you are and your experience in the sex work industry. And then toward the end, we're going to talk a little bit about social media and the censorship of sex workers because Cactus suggested that we interview you last week and we went to go follow you and your account didn't exist. So we were like, oh, cool. They will know <laughs> what we're talking about. Yes, definitely. It has been a roller coaster, but I'm still here and not giving up, so I'm excited to talk about it. And we stand you. <laughs> so tell us about your experience in sex work. Like, how did you get into it? Well, I actually went to, it's in LA, it's called Soft Leather Club. I went there just over two years ago now. Um, and it was kind of my first introduction into like BDSM and all of that. And I was just standing at the stage um, watching all of this magic before my eyes. And this dom came up to me and said, oh, you must be new. Um, Do you want to come up and play? Um, And in that moment, I just was like, yes, like I definitely want to. Um, So I ended up going up. And it was the first time in my life that I felt so safe and taken care of, even though I was surrounded by so many people that I didn't know. And I never really had a good relationship with sex or with people in um, like a sexual way or just in, yeah. But anyways, so I just felt really safe and taken care of and seen and From then on, I just started exploring myself again. And um, this was also at the time where I was on my journey towards top surgery. Um, And when I made the decision to start sex work, I didn't want to start until after my surgery. Um, Not that I was 
ashamed by any means, but I just wanted my online presence to match how I felt um, on the inside. And so that's why I waited until after my surgery. And pretty much a month after my surgery, as soon as I could take off my chest binder and put on a crop top, <laughs> I made an OnlyFans account. Um, actually, no, first I made a Twitter account because I never had a huge social media following. Um, and I was suggested to make a Twitter account. And so I did that and it blew up pretty fast. I was pretty um, shocked myself. Um, that's how I met Cactus Cutie. And then from there I made an OnlyFans. Um, I was definitely not doing it full time. I had a full time job uh, working at a cannabis uh, dispensary where I, which I uh, was a manager there. And so pretty much when quarantine happened and we all went into lockdown, I was like, this is my chance to go full time and see if this is really what I want to do. And so I just went for it. And since then, that's, I think that was in the beginning of April. I've just, I feel like I've come so far and I really, really enjoy producing all of my own work and I enjoy editing and I've met some incredible people. I have some really lovely fans. I actually call them my seedlings, which they all really love and appreciate. Um, but I'm really about building community and I've put so much into my OnlyFans and so that's why I continue to um, make it a com community for all of my little seedlings and help them grow and I teach them all about gender and sexuality. So it's a really special place for me, honestly. I subscribed to Zanea's OnlyFans, and let me tell you, it is incredible. Um, all of their content is not only just stunning, but they do just really create a community and everybody feels loved, and I love it. Uh, I do I do want to say that as soon as you mentioned being a manager at a cannabis store, I mean, obviously I was going to hit the vape that I have in hand. It's like when someone is like, and our listeners are probably going to be really pissed off. It's like when someone says there's an itch and then suddenly you're like, I feel that itch. So I'm sorry for anyone who suddenly feels an itch right now. I just really needed to insert myself somehow. Smoke it. it up. Smoke it up. So we mm -hmm. wanted to talk to you a little bit about gender and how that influences your sex work um, because I feel like um, so, okay, first question is, when did you start identifying as trans non-binary? Sorry, I'm drinking a Four Loco. Um, well, I didn't start identifying as trans non-binary until after I transitioned. So before I transitioned, I just identified as non-binary. It was when I moved to my city, I think it's been about just over three years now, and I met some people who... I just had these great conversations with and um, was very relatable to how they were feeling. And I didn't really realize that there was words to describe how I was feeling. Um, but I also, throughout my journey, I've always had people try and like shove me into their own boxes, which was really hard for me um, because I just felt so uncomfortable within myself. After my surgery, I literally just bloomed because it was the first time that I felt comfortable in my body 
so I felt like I was able to express myself in whatever way and form. So pretty much before my surgery, like I wore a lot of baggy clothes. Um, I looked a little bit more androgynous and I had a shaved head. And after my surgery, I just started dressing in the clothes that I wanted to dress in because clothing and makeup and all of that is not gendered. But even within the queer community, so many people gender it. And so I just felt really trapped and unable to express myself in that way because I knew, well, if I had boobs, people are automatically like, oh, you're a girl, you're a girl. Um, and even though I do experience that still, like people will be like, oh, you're just a girl with no tits. It doesn't bother me because I feel so comfortable in my body. Like that part is not no longer attached to me. And so it doesn't really bother me the same way. So that's really special. But yeah, it's just really important to me, at least, to voice that. And I do. Like on my Twitter, I constantly make updates um, reminding people that clothing, makeup, they're not gendered. It doesn't matter who you are. Like you should be able to express yourself freely. If it makes you happy, that's all that matters at the end of the day. And even with my subs, like I have uh, fans who will tell me that they like to dress in women's clothing and they hope that that's okay. And I always say, it's not, like, it's not women's lingerie, it's lingerie and it's for anybody. And if that makes you happy, then wear the heck out of it. Like, that, that's amazing. So, yeah. We are, like, all of us are just, like, fist pumping and, like, smiling because <laughs> all of this is absolutely... Um, something I think needs to be more in discussion. And I think a lot of it probably has to do with toxic masculinity and patriarchy. And we all know where that goes. Um, so it's just wonderful to be able to follow Zanea. And they've even taught me so much. You've reached out to me if I've said a word that felt uncomfortable to you or not just to you, but you think that would feel uncomfortable to anybody else in, who identifies as trans or non-binary. And I just really appreciate your um education and willing to educate whenever you feel comfortable obviously um because it's not your job to educate but i think it's wonderful that you do take your platform and use it to educate and also you are just stunning <laughs> so oh thank you yeah i that was my biggest thing when i joined sex work i didn't i know a few people who are non-binary and they choose to have a female presence online, which is totally okay. If that's something that you're comfortable with um, and you wanna do, that is totally okay. But I wanted to create a space for all those people out there that felt obligated to do that uh, when they don't need to. So, and I do feel like I've even changed a lot of the language and I'm seeing a lot more hashtags. You'll always see like, BG, so like boy-girl content or girl-girl content. Um, and I just changed it so that there's like NB boy and NB girl. So NB, you can spell it out like E-N-B-Y, and it's just short for non-binary. Um, so that those folk felt like they have, you know, uh, hashtags or words to describe their content as well and not feel like they have to be put into a box because um, it's not fair and we should be able to uh, create a space for everybody. So I love that. I think as a performer, um, even when I do work with people of the gender that 
they were given in. So they're cisgendered. So I have like boy girl content. I have girl girl content. But I still feel like that feels weird to just say that I'm like classifying what kind of gender of person I'm working with. So I appreciate you trying to change language around that and just creating something. And I liked NB uh, boy and NB girl or whatever you want to say. I definitely think there's a lot of wording that needs to be changed because um, porn is very not just gendered, but everybody is in a box. Like you were saying, you don't want to be in a box. And I don't think anybody has to be in a box. It's just for search terms and whatever. And then that carries on into tiny, tiny little niche boxes that make, you know, people either feel uncomfortable with their own gender or that they can't identify as something outside of that. So I I, I think that's a, I I like that term that you were using. I'm definitely going to start using that for sure. I was wondering if you have any other concrete examples of ways that we can use different language in order to make everybody feel accepted. Just because as you're talking about it, that always makes sense. But sometimes as someone who is cisgendered and like I feel included in everything, I might not recognize that some things could be like exclusionary I might not recognize that some terms might be exclusionary so I was wondering if you had any other examples off the top of your head that maybe you could share yeah um so for example on Twitter I'm in a few engagement groups and for the most part everyone's really good at being inclusive with gender neutral language one term that is always used though and I even find it being used by a lot of queer people is guys. So addressing the group and being like, hey guys, I really don't like that term because we're not (laughs) all guys. I am a very sensual and kind of loving person. So I do usually address people like, hey, my darlings or hey, lovelies, hey, friends. Um, Obviously, you know, if you're addressing a group that you don't know super personably or whatever, even just saying like, hey, friends, um, instead of saying, hey, guys, or hey, girls, or hey, ladies, because you just never know. And the thing is, is that every trans person, every non-binary person, we all feel different. So there may be terms that work for me, but don't work for someone else or vice versa. Um, So when it, and I know that a lot of people are okay with the term guys. It's just like, you know, saying to a group of people, but finding other words and ways to say or to address the group, I think is really important. So just whatever you feel is comfortable, but, you know, friends is just a really neutral one, I would say, because we're all friends here. (laughs) I hope. Being from Texas, I always go with the classic, hey, (laughs) y'all. I like that too. Yeah, uh, my whole family is from the Midwest, so we all say guys to refer to like everybody. And I've definitely been in interviews where we're interviewing someone queer who doesn't identify as male or female. And I'll start to say, hey guys, and then I'll be like, oh, is that uncomfortable? And then there's this super uncomfortable moment of me being like, hey, pals. (laughs) So um, I guess... 
obviously you don't know all the answers, but is there a good way for me to ask before an interview with somebody who doesn't identify on the gender binary, like what's a good way to address you? I would just ask, um, is there any language that makes you uncomfortable? Um, I just wanted to address it before we started our interview, such and such. Um, Another big one is, because I get this a lot too, is if you misgender somebody and they correct you, and not everyone will correct you, which can be frustrating because then it doesn't allow for people to learn or, or grow from it. But if someone does correct you, don't say sorry because then we feel like we need to tell you that it's okay. If you realize that you said the wrong pronoun, just literally say the sentence again and use the correct pronoun and then we just move forward. And then it's like a learning experience for you because you're reminding yourself instead of someone else being like, oh, it's okay, don't worry about it. And then you're like, okay, don't worry about it. And then you forget about it, if that makes sense. That's interesting. Yeah. My sister's roommate is non-binary. And when I met them, they still use she, her pronouns. So I sometimes will catch myself slipping. And yeah, I'll always apologize. But I try and like gloss over the apology as fast as I can and just correct myself. So it's it's always really good to know the best ways to address, you know, when I when I fuck up. Yeah, totally. I mean, everyone is learning and language is constantly changing. So don't be hard on yourself. There's a big difference between, you know, blatantly misgendering somebody on purpose and then just making a little oopsie and be like, oh, and then correcting yourself and moving on. You know, nobody's perfect and we're all just trying to do our best. So, yeah, as long as you have good intention and you're trying, then I don't see an issue. So I'd really love to get into, and you touched on it a little bit after you had your top surgery, you felt very comfortable in your body and that's when you started sex work, but I would love to get a little bit more in depth if you're comfortable with how your gender has influenced your sex work. I don't know that it necessarily like influenced my sex work. I just feel... to this question you're free you're free to take a moment to think about it Um, or i could i could word it better yeah could you reword it i'm like yeah so okay i think when we talk to a lot most of the sex workers we talk to identify as female and there's either there's a spectrum of like this is what i'm doing to survive and like maybe i find it a little bit degrading but it's a survival thing to this is the most empowering thing that i've done and people worship my body and i think that's a very gendered thing because people people seek out a very specific body type and a very specific in like popular media um image And so when you don't align with that image of which is typically like thin, white, big breasts, big booty, there's a little bit more of an issue selling content. And we actually, Nihilistic was talking about this a little bit ago and it made me want to talk about it a little bit more. But like, do you ever find yourself having to align yourself with the social norm of what's attractive or do you feel more empowerment just being how you are and what you look like? I honestly just feel empowered being all that I am. I have so many elements to myself and 
through my journey, I have, like when I first started, I didn't really know what I was supposed to be doing or what content I was supposed to be making. And again, I had all these people telling me, oh, you should do this. This is what you should do because this will get you the most fans or this will get you, you know, and I just, I just didn't really listen to anybody. And I just kept doing what I thought I should be doing and what I wanted to do. Um, And even when I first started, I was working um, with more, like more people and um, with other producers who just kind of made me drift away from that again. Um, And so now I... I'm not the best at speaking, but I love to write and I love to paint a picture with my words. And so, and I've always, I've always just admired the beauty of the world, nature and flowers and all of that. So I really incorporate that all into my work. Like I love everything to be really beautiful and aesthetically pleasing. That's just a part of who I am and, and what I like to project. And so, you know, I'll take like maybe one photo or two photos and I'll post them and I'll write out like an an entire story to go along with the photos. So that when people are looking at the photos, they feel like they're there with me, which I think is really important um, to have that closeness. I do have a lot of people say, oh, I really wish that I could meet you. I wish that I could spend time with you. So being able to do that through my words, I feel like is really special. So no, I really don't, I wouldn't say that I do what a lot of people do or like the the norms. I take a lot of time in what I do. And even since moving away from working with uh, producers, I found my love for producing and editing. Um, and if I hadn't, you know, moved away from that, I don't know if I would have realized that, um, this soon. So I feel really grateful for all of the experiences that have come my way, even though a lot of them have been really painful and hard. I feel like I've become stronger and better. And I know that my fans appreciate what I do and it just makes me want to continue to do more and just yeah, find new ideas all the time and just be inspired. Um, Yeah, I hope that answered your question. (laughs) I just want to gush about Zanea a little bit. Um, And that's what I'm wanting. I want to do the whole episode. I can't stop. So I started following Zanea because of their, not just beauty, but like they created, you were doing like collages and stuff for a bit too with these flowers and you actually made me my Twitter banner right now, which is like one of my favorite things ever. The one with my little butt and I'm in front of cacti. cacti. So cute. So I I loved that. Not just that, but just watching you grow and you are so descriptive on your page and I feel like I'm a part of it. And sometimes you'll even tweet. I think you tweeted once, like, I wish I was uh, frolicking in a field in white frilly socks with cactus. And that was just like the cutest thing ever. And I love that you incorporate flowers. Like, I'm obsessed. (laughs) Not just with your work, but with flowers. (laughs) So like watching you create things like the flowers in your bath or 
I, I don't know. You've just done so many like incredible looking things. And I don't think that I get a vibe that you are a certain gender or that you're trying to fit in a mold. There's definitely this uniqueness about you. And I like, it's just so inspiring. And also I really want to frolic in a field with you <laughs> like yeah. that. We have dreams. Zanae <laughs> and I will make it happen. <laughs> we do. We're going to have an orgy in the middle of a field <laughs> with flowers all around. Yes. 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 <laughs> All the little seedlings just getting together, blossoming. Oh my gosh. I feel, I feel like there's other ways to make it more sexual. Like just the plant life cycle. What are what are the most sexual ways to talk about the plant life cycle? Do y'all know that? Mm. Well, there's a um, reproduction, obviously, that happens to do with plants, right? I don't know if you guys have ever seen Grease 2 with Michelle Pfeiffer. <gasps> I was just listening to the soundtrack today. I have no idea what they're talking about. It's it's one of the worst remakes of Grease, but it's supposed to be like in the future in the 80s and like Okay, continue, to you, please. But they, they, have, they have a song about plants. It's called Reproduction. It's about reproduction. Reproduction, reproduction. Put my stamen to the test. Reproduction. It's so good. That's yes, how you make plants sexual, is whatever they did in Greece too during the reproduction song. There you go. Okay, I'm gonna need to check this out. But you know, Please if you <laughs> if you look at flowers, flowers look like vaginas. Like, and all vaginas are so different and unique to their own, and they're so beautiful. And when you look at flowers, they're exactly like that. And with a lot of fruit as well. Um, and that's one of the reasons why I love incorporating flowers and fruit into my work because it embodies um, this part of me, you know, and. Um, yeah, I want everyone to just like love their bodies because bodies are so beautiful and special and ah, oh, yes. <laughs> and natural and, and that's natural. what food is and um and flowers and plants and all that. And I love that you like incorporate just outside naturey things into your stuff cuz it does create this like more re- not relatable but like it feels like you're a part of the earth. Mm-hmm. I know my my episode when I first did Candy Girl was on ecosexualism, and I think we kind of share that, Zanea. Um, I don't know if you identify that, but I definitely see a lot of like love for nature in your stuff, um, which I that's why I really like you. Um, also, you're talking about flowers that have vaginas. There's actually a flower called a clitoria. And it, it <gasps> looks like a flower with, like, a little clit. It's really cute. I'm actually going to home for Christmas this uh, holiday season. And I'm going to start my sleeve. And it's going to be flowers that look like vaginas. So you you just, oh, like, made yes. me feel so good about my tattoo. And I love that you love that, too. I do. I do. And honestly, I didn't know until I met you and... Uh, realized that you identified as a ecosexual. I actually didn't know that that was even a thing. And I wouldn't necessarily say that that's exactly how I identify because I identify with so many different um, things. But I would definitely say that I do identify with being 
uh, and ecosexual as well. So ecosexual pals. Yes. <laughs> Friends. <laughs> love you. I love you. <laughs> Sorry, Shelby and I are just watching. <laughs> we also like to continue watching in the future whenever this happens. Just let us watch. When that content is made, trust it will be stunning and beautiful and ecosexual and I can't wait. everything. Yes. It will ha- it will happen one day. It definitely it will. It will. Somebody needs to help us make it happen, obviously after COVID, but hit us up if you want to help us get to each other because dreams. Does this fall um, under the scope of our nonprofit work? <laughs> <laughs> Good question. Let's ask the lawyer. <laughs> we, need, um, we need a lawyer to ask dumb questions too so bad. Yeah. I know that we want to talk about social media and terms of services, but just real, real quick, you've already accomplished so much in like helping shape the language. What are some of your other goals in slash on the industry? Well, change is something that doesn't happen overnight. And so I want to continue educating, educating people on gender and sexuality and being able to, and also not even just that, but there are so many, there are so many things within the sex industry that were normalized for so long. And I feel that the more we speak up, the more other people feel that they can speak up and have a voice. And so there's, I just feel like there's a lot of work to be done. There's um, a lot of problems surrounding, and I don't know if I'm saying this word right, but ahego or ahego, it's uh, the Japanese culture. I believe it's ahego. Ahego? Ahego. Okay. Mm-hmm. Ahego. Okay. But don't quote me on that. So <laughs> that's the that's the face um, that you see a lot of sex workers doing, where their tongue is sticking out and their eyes are crossed, kind of rolling back in their head. Um, I've, I don't know too much on the background of it. I've read a few articles. I do have friends who have Asian descent in them, and so they've also voiced that to, uh, to me as well. I've never, I've never done that um, face myself, but um, I'm really glad that I was educated on it because... It is really problematic, but that's just one example. There's, there are so many problematic things within the sex industry, and I really just want to change that. And so I feel like the more we talk about it, hopefully it can spread and it can just stop happening because I want sex to be safe and fun for everybody. We never want to like shame people for their, their kinks or fetishes, but there are still there are still important boundaries within that um, and practicing things in a way where everyone feels uh, safe and included and not shamed for, you know, not knowing. Um, It's better to educate than just, you know, get angry and call people out um, because they may not know. And that's not really how we learn and grow. So a good example, when I first became vegan, I was like that angry vegan that would just go up to everyone and be like, why aren't you vegan? You need to be vegan. You're such a horrible person. 
Um, but I think that's because I had so much shame around the fact that I wasn't vegan for so long. So I was holding all this anger instead of just sitting and having a conversation. And also everyone is on their own journey um, in life. So, and everyone has a different education, different upbringing. So it's not fair to put them in the same category um, that we are because not everyone, yeah, not everyone is there. So I'm kind of rambling, I know, um, but yeah, I just want to continue to open people's eyes and have these discussions while also, you know, doing my sex work and making people feel good because I don't want to just be like, you know, showing off my hoo-ha and not, and not actually having a voice behind it either. So, yeah. I absolutely love that about you um, because that's something I personally also try to bring into my sex work is education. We definitely do it in different ways because we have our own experiences, obviously, but I love seeing people. Sure, our job is sexual, but we have a platform to be able to educate and to be able to help other people understand themselves and not feel shame, like you're saying. Um, and also, side note, I definitely went through that vegan phase, too. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I think we all have that when we first join. I just stopped being friends with a girl once because she was too militant about her veganism. I mean, but like militant to the point where she was getting like anti-Semitic. <laughs> oh, is it the is it like uh, saying that it's basically the Holocaust? Yeah. Oh, I've heard that argument before. So we're, you know, a little bit past the 30 minute mark. And I really do want to get into social media while we have the opportunity. Cactus and Zanea, I'm going to kind of let you guys take the wheel on this one because, oh, sorry, I'm going to let you pals take the wheel on this <laughs> one. And um, because I think you have a, a lot more experience than we do, especially Zanea, you know, with you getting your accounts deleted constantly. Um, but Emily and I will be here to chime in if we feel necessary. So, uh, what I really wanted you on the podcast for is because as I've seen you throughout the time I've been following you, which was probably around April, I think when you started really coming into it and I started really just following you and just being obsessed, I, I've noticed you had, I, I can't even count how many accounts you've lost. And it's not just on Instagram, it's Twitter, is there anything else that you've been deleted? Like how I just want to know, like the process, like what they've told you and why you've been deleted or if they've even told you at all. Um, I think recently Twitter told you something about, I don't know, nudity or something. So I'm just curious as to like why you've been so targeted or why you think you've been targeted. So I think I've been targeted because Instagram and Twitter and this isn't this again this isn't fair to any of the genders but instagram and twitter specifically assume that i am female and well they either assume that i'm female or they're transphobic because i have been deleted on my zenea instagram I don't even know, like maybe five times I've had to create so many new accounts. But my main Zenea account on uh, Instagram, which is the Zenea Rose underscore, that one 
was deleted back in August, I believe. And maybe a month ago, um, somebody on like in one of my groups or something um, told me that my account was back. They're like, I can see your profile. What do you mean? And I was like, what, my, what do you mean my account's back? So I went to log in to this account and it logged in. All my stuff was there. And I was just like, okay, well, super stoked and super happy. But also now I'm going to continue having a backup because I really don't want to lose this one because it has like my most followers. It has, I have so many archived posts on there and I, Instagram is definitely a really hard platform to gain followers. I've noticed at least for myself. Um, and so I was just really happy to have it back. Um, but in the past couple months, I have still gotten warnings. Like my stories are taken down for inappropriate. I don't even know why it's inappropriate. Like there's not even any nudity showing. Um, but I've even shared other people's stories, people of color, other queer people, and they have been taken down. Um, so I really do feel like they are targeting the minorities because I see there's so many model accounts. There's even a lot of sex workers that have huge followings and they never seem to have a problem, yet I see them promoting their OnlyFans. So I'm just a little bit confused. I actually took the link out of my bio on my Zanea Rose underscore, and I only have the link in my backup. So I, once in a while, I'll make a post and I'll say, if you want to come join me, in the land of only Zen, go to my other account and click the link um, because I'm just too scared. I don't want, like, I don't want my account to be deleted again. It's really frustrating. On my Twitter, my first Twitter that I ever had, it was at, like, I had just passed 10,000 followers. And I think it was again in August that it was taken down or it was suspended for my, my header photo which was a banner that had been made for me. Um, I think maybe like my nipple was showing, but that's about it. And I'm not sure, like this is where I'm confused because is it just female, female nipples that are not allowed or is it all nipples? Because if it's just female nipples, well, I don't have female nipples. So why did you take it down? If it's all nipples, okay, that's fair, I guess. Um, so that account was suspended. And then just over two weeks ago, I would say, no, not even two weeks, like less than two weeks, I got my 10K account back on Twitter. Um, I logged in. I was so excited. I was like, I would never thought that I was going to get this account, account back. So I changed my header to a bunch of flowers and then this display photo that I had was um, me just no wig. I was wearing my regular hair. I was wearing a red shirt that was just off my shoulders with my high-waisted uh, velvet bell bottoms. And then I was wearing this little lace bralette. It wasn't see-through. You couldn't see my nipples. It was a very, just like a pretty photo. It was not like sexual, sexualized or anything. I woke up, and you know what's funny? Because when I was going to sleep, I was like, Zanea, change your display picture. 
just change it. And I was like, no, it'll be fine. And then I woke up in the morning, bam, my account was suspended um, for my display picture. And because, because that account was attached to my new account, because um, it was like a similar username, they suspended that account too, which was, I, were, I had made that account in September and gotten back up to like 6,000 followers and just gone. So luckily enough, I had a backup backup Twitter. <laughs> so I just changed my handle so it doesn't say Zanea Rose. It just says they are Zen. Um, so that Twitter can't find me and banish me because essentially if you try and make a new account on Twitter after they've suspended you, they will just completely suspend your new account, which is absolutely ridiculous. But anyways, my new Twitter is flowers on my banner and my display photo is literally just a close-up of my face. Um, and then I changed my handle so that they wouldn't be able to find me. So I'm really hoping that this third time I don't get suspended because that's the thing is when you don't have a huge following and people don't really know you, it's like this is, I use Twitter to get my fans and having to start from the bottom every time, like I'm just losing so much and I have to work that much harder again to get it all back. And it's, I, I do, I put so much effort into what I do. So it's just a little disheartening sometimes, but I'm also very, very, very stubborn and I don't give up easily. So Good luck trying to banish me, Instagram and Twitter. <laughs> I think it would be important to talk about why it's so necessary for sex workers to have their social media and why it's such a blow to them when they lose it. Yeah. Um, and I, I can't speak for everyone, but I also, you know, like I go on Twitter every day and I tweet about random things like, oh, I'm drinking some Perrier water or I just went and had grilled cheese with my best friend. Like these little things that your fans see that make them feel like they're kind of still there with you um, because I'm not going to use my OnlyFans as a Twitter and just write all these tweets, you know, but I do kind of use it in a sense like my diary. So I'm letting you know these things that I'm thinking or feeling. Um, and then on top of it, I'm sharing like safe for work photos of things that I'm doing, which people also really enjoy and want to see. Um, and then they also get to see the people that you interact with and meet. Like one of my absolutely, he is my favorite seedling. He's amazing. Um, I'm, I met him or he found me through Cactus. So if Cactus and I didn't know each other, then he probably wouldn't have found me. So, you know, when we network through each other and we, and we talk to each other, other people see that too and then follow each other and, and so forth. And then, then there's the educational side of it. So if we didn't have these platforms, how are we supposed to educate people on all these topics, you know, sexuality, gender, race, um, all of these things. Um, and especially being in quarantine, like we, we don't get to go see the people that we want to see. We don't get to go out to social ga gatherings. Um, so, you know, online is the only way that we can really connect now. So if you take that all away from us, where is the connection, you know? 
um, it's already difficult for so many people and it's yeah I don't really I don't really think that they realize how harmful their censorship is because it's just taking away from from so much I absolutely agree with everything you said. It's not just, you know, a way for us to, like, be social and, like, share stuff. It's, like, a way to interact with our fans. It's a way to network with people. It's a way to get new income or steady income or, um, and, and not only that, like, especially in this digital age and after SESTA-FOSTA, so much has changed and we have to rely so much on social media for us to be able to market ourselves. Back then they had ads and papers or back page or things that allowed people to be able to advertise their services. And now it's so impossible for us to be able to do that um, without either losing our accounts, which has been happening on Instagram recently because they added to the TOS that you can't say anything about sexual services anymore. Um, but it makes sense because that's because of SESTA-FOSTA. But it's definitely, they're taking more and more resources away from us. And when you take away the thing that gets us our income, um, you're taking away our rights and our, like, how are we going to live? So what are we going to use next? We're just going to keep trying each new thing, but constantly losing followers like Zanea. Like, I thankfully somehow have never been deleted. And um, I've only gotten a few, like, suspension warnings on IG. But I know that they're absolutely out there and targeting specifically sex workers. So it's just really hard for us to be able to lose another way to be able to interact with fans and to be able to gain, you know, an income and unfollowing. Yes. And to add to that, I feel like there's, you know, there's all the new TOS rules and, and all that. And then there's also, you know, there's people out there who are very hateful um, and so they will go and report you. And, you know, being a trans person, I get a lot of hate, you know, like I have so many message requests from people just like saying nasty things. And I never engage with it. And I always block them. But that doesn't, you know, I can't spend all my time like tracking down these people who might be reporting me or, you know, and then not even that not even just for people who are trans, you know, cactus, you could politely have, you know, educated someone or said no to somebody and they take it so to heart that they're like, I'm going to go report this person because F her and blah, 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 you know? So um, there's just so many obstacles <laughs> and it can be really tiring. I have spoken to a few people about this and I don't know how we would get it done. It would take a lot of brains because I don't think that one person is capable of this, but I want to create an app. So like an app that would be like Instagram and OnlyFans put together, but it would be, you know, it would only be 18 plus. You cannot sign up if you're underage. Um, and it would be a platform like specifically for sex workers. Um, so we could just literally say goodbye to Instagram and goodbye to 
Twitter and all these, you know, and just create our new, uh, like our own app. Um, but I know that's like a big dream. <laughs> <laughs> I love that dream. Unfortunately, knowing Apple, uh, they don't allow any like adult content on any of their apps. So it'd be harder to be an app, but that would be such a cool website that we could go on and to be able to talk to each other and network and like, not like Telegram groups, not like Twitter engagement groups, just like pure, just like a, a little mini Instagram just for all of us to be able to share our lives. But I love that it has to be 18 plus because the one thing that I feel really uncomfortable about, about being on social media is, you know, I can't know what age my followers are. Um, I mean, I obviously say 18 plus on everything, but like, I know that there's underage people following my Twitter, following my Instagram and seeing how sexual I am and probably, you know, wink, wink. But it's so hard. You you can't avoid it. But yet it just feels so uncomfortable uh, to do and wrong. I know that they have sexual desires and curiosities and stuff like that. But I don't want to be feeding that. I'd rather my education be out there rather than my booty for those type of people. <laughs> so I, I really think that there should be some things that make it easier for us to not feel like we're one going to be deleted or to solicit to people who shouldn't be viewing our content. And then hopefully getting more buyers out of that rather than just blasting off into a void of, you know, some of my followers are just going to follow me to follow me. Um, actually, probably most of them. There's only a fraction of people that actually buy content or are actually interested in supporting you more than whatever. So just I I love that dream. And I just wish social media would change for us or at least, you know, whatever happened with Sesta Fosta gets reversed because it's, it's really hard on all of us right now. Before we close out, because we're coming up on time, I do very much want to talk about ways sex workers can avoid getting shadow banned or deleted. Like, what are the policies on specific social media platforms that could get them into trouble? So every time I am brought information, I always try and spread it to all my groups and unfortunately, not everyone wants to hear it or they don't believe it. But I, like, especially all over my Twitter, I see so many creators that haven't changed their headers or their display photo. Um, and so all we can really do is, you know, try and tell them and be like, this was my experience. This happened to me. I'm just telling you this because I'm looking out for you. I don't want your all of your hard work to just be you know, poof, gone, like that. Um, but I feel like that's all you can really do because if they don't want to listen, then they're going to, you know, most most likely suffer the re repercussions of it. And yeah, Cactus, you go. Hi. <laughs> um, I love that you said that because I feel like a lot of my time spent on social media is just messaging other creators. I actually have like things I've written in my notes where I'm like, Hey, babe, I saw you. Know, I noticed that you put a hashtag that you probably shouldn't use. Like, I have these things written out so I don't constantly have to write it out. <laughs> but it's so hard because who's going to who's going to teach them? Who's going to who's going to 
there, there's no classes. There's nothing to keep us up. It's all by experience and it's all by hearing about other people's, you know, how they lose their accounts or how they get shadow banned. A lot of things on like Instagram, like putting your link in your bio, like your OnlyFans link, like you said, like can definitely shadow ban you using hashtags like booty, suicide girls, hashtag OnlyFans, literally hashtag anything sexual can get your post automatically shadow banned. And then when it's shadow banned, you can't just delete the hashtag. Like you got to delete the post and redo it. Yeah, there's just so many different things on Instagram, like posting anything sexual or you have to be fully clothed now. If you are naked and uh, you know, me covering my boobs, um, that wouldn't be allowed. I'd have to wear clothing. And even thongs may not be uh, allowed. Full booties are, like, literally written in their, their community guidelines. Like, no uh, n- uh, fully exposed booties. Of course, I don't say booty, but I love to say that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, honestly... I have been so scared to post on my Instagram. I actually went into my archives, like my stories and my posts, and I went and deleted so many things. Like probably over half of my archived stories and posts are now deleted um, because what is it? December 20th um, is when it goes into action. So if you've been suspended before and you have anything, they will just take your account away. And because that account, my Zanae account was suspended before on Instagram, that's why I went and did that. But now even when I go to make a post, I'm so nervous to post it. Cause I'm like, am I going to log back in? And then it's going to sh- tell me that my post is unacceptable. Um, and then again, like I said before, I'm seeing so many people posting like these booty twerking videos and I'm like, how are all of these booty twerking videos up on your page and nothing? I don't get it. I just don't. I absolutely agree. It's hard to see it, especially when you see the comparison, like you're saying earlier, of people who have more followers or celebrities where they can literally post. Like Miley Cyrus has this picture of her in like this chain bra thing and her nipples are clearly coming out like they're not even covered. And like Kim K, Playboy can post anything they want practically. Strip clubs can, but the strippers can't. There's a lot of really hypocritical stuff. I don't even, I mean, I wouldn't classify myself as a celebrity or anything, but I have a picture like topless at my university's fountain and I didn't get any sort of report. I never had to like, it's weird because one time I posted a screenshot of something Candy Girl related and that got taken down. But Mm. again, my post of me (laughs) naked, like pretty much topless in a public area with like just the, I had the graduation still covering. I'm actually very proud of that grad photo, but Like, I never experienced anything. It's super unfortunate. They're definitely targeting us. Um, And they eventually want us off the app, which is ridiculous because we get them so much action, (laughs) right? Um, But I can understand because of SESTA-FOSTA and uh, even the most recent, like, Earn It Act bill. And they're all, quote unquote, anti-trafficking and stuff, but they're anti-sex worker. I would... Even go so far as to say, like, they're anti-sex worker that isn't a millionaire, you know? Like, you can see sex workers that have a huge following that are, like, famous, like, names that you would recognize off the bat, even if you aren't a huge consumer of sex work. 
And like they're not getting their things taken down. Yeah, exactly. So I definitely think it's anti-sex work, but it's also like it's what's making them money, basically. It's also anti-sex educator, too. They're letting things like Trafficking Hub get super popular and have that viral video that went out a while ago. And they're anti-sex trafficking, but they're basically anti-sex. They're, you know, like, what is it? Second wave, third wave feminism that's just like, oh, yeah, we want women to do what they want, but we don't want them to get sex work because and whatever. So they allow companies like that, but yet they won't let marginalized people or people trying to make a living off of it. Or um, if I feel like I'm a very privileged person. I'm a white cis female. So that's probably one of the reasons that I haven't been deleted. But I also know a lot of my friends have been deleted even when they are of my privilege or even more um yeah well that's the thing too like we live in a world where it's all about class you know like if you don't have money you you suffer the most and if you have money you know you're you're totally fine um you know it's it's disgusting how many big rich white houses that just sit in the properties that are empty. There's no one living there. And yet people are literally sleeping in the streets. Like it's just, it's disgusting. So that's just how the world is. And it's really disgusting. Absolutely. And not saying that all sex work is survival work, but there's definitely an element of sex work that makes it able for a lot of people to get into it and make some money to be able to survive. And a lot of those people, we have a lot of uh, low income, queer, um, disabled, um, lots of different people in our industry because it's so, I mean, it's, it's the world's oldest perfection. Like everybody's going to want sex, you know, but, um, it's so sad that everybody is so against sex work when it has so many wonderful redeeming qualities like stuff that Zanea does and just making people feel loved and validated like we need more of that rather than tearing people down and making them feel shamed of themselves yeah yeah no I, I completely completely agree with that and you know so many people who have you know severe social anxiety and you know would never go out and be able to express themselves they can go on the internet and talk to people like myself or you cactus and feel like they have a place in this world. And that is so important to me, you know? Um, so for them to just take that away, you know, you're not just harming sex workers, you're, you know, harming society. So we're just trying to make a safe space for everyone. And so everyone can feel included and, they all need to just fuck off. <laughs> I just wish they would understand yeah. or like want to understand. Yeah. They're also so shamed themselves. Yeah. You know, the people who do the most projecting have the most shame. You know, we know Donald Trump is so anti-sex work, but yet, like I've talked about this, he loves pee. He loves sex workers. He's also a, you know, trigger warning. He's a pedophile. Um, so the people at the top are the most shamed and they want to make us feel the repercussions rather than they just accept that this is a normal thing and that people like you and, um, yeah, just it's, there's a lot of empathy and 
kindness that we can create in the world, but they keep taking away our resources. Um, so if they keep doing this, I feel like society is just going to keep crumbling. Well, we're coming up on time. So I want to say, Zanea, thank you so much for being here and talking to us. This was such an insightful episode, and I'm so excited for everybody to get to hear it. Um, if anyone who's listening wants to find you online, where can they look? Um, on Instagram, they can find me at the Zanea Rose underscore. And then my backup is Zanea Rose underscore again. And then my Twitter, I only have one Twitter right now, and it's just they are Zen. And my OnlyFans is the Zanea Rose. So come subscribe. <laughs> Please do. You will not regret it. Please I subscribe. promise. <laughs> Who wouldn't want to become a seedling? I know. <laughs> it's such a welcoming, wonderful group to be in. And, you know, it's just, it feels like a big hug every day. With amazing content. <laughs> I post every single day, so. So go subscribe. You can find us online, Candy Girl Pod on Twitter, Candy Girl Podcast on Instagram. And you can find mine, Emily, and Cactus's at on our Instagram in our bio so you'll by the time this episode comes out everyone will know Cactus is the third co-host so very excited and check us out on our website candygirlpodcast.com thank you guys so much for listening and we will hear from you next Friday Candy Girl Podcast Ugly dad.